0: Our first reading is from Psalm number 139, beginning to read at verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. We then move on, of course, to Romans 8. And we read now from verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the amazing word of our Lord.
1: Sheila, you're absolutely right. The amazing word of our Lord. So let's just pray as we begin. Father, we do indeed come before this amazing word. And we ask that you would uh, open up our minds to see clearly and open up our hearts that your word may enter in and change our path because we've met with you. Amen. Now, that was the, the whole of the rest of the, the passage. We started a little bit into what Paul Davis was um, talking about last time uh, we looked at Romans, uh, and it goes to the end. We're actually going to concentrate on 31 to 35, and then Kia will finish us off uh, last week. Uh, and that section, 31 to 35, has two amazing pillars, like bookends, uh, on either side. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from the love of God? And then Paul asks a number of uh, sort of rhetorical questions, really, in between. And rhetorical questions are very uh, interesting. I used to do a lot of expert witness work, as you know, in court. uh, And I was forever being asked rhetorical questions. Questions to which the barrister or the QC didn't actually want an answer. Well, he did want an answer, but he wanted his answer, not mine. And you had to be aware of where he was going. And as is so often the case in the Bible, um, Paul is asking a question here, not because actually he needs the answer, but he wants us to think what the answer is that we're giving. Because he makes some bold claims in chapter 8. Over the last uh, few weeks, we've looked at verses 26 and 27. God himself prays on our behalf. Verse 28, he works on our behalf. Verse 29, he chooses us. Verse 30, he justifies us. So given that he does so much for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? This is like turning up for a football match down on your local sports field. Uh, against you know the local pub and on your side you turn around and you see Harry Kane Lionel Messi Gareth Bale Ronaldo Rooney this is so one-sided it's ridiculous but Paul even though he sort of finds it slightly embarrassing he still asks us the question because he wants us to answer for ourselves, let me read I've got it, I have let me read something from Mark Basson in the beginning God created us in his image and we've been creating God in our image ever since the technical term is anthropomorphism What you end up with is an idol that is a mirror image of yourself. In the words of A.W. Tozer, a God who can never surprise us, never overwhelm us, nor astonish us, nor transcend us. That's not the God I believe in. That's not the God of the Bible. I believe in a God who's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. I believe in a God who's high and exalted. I believe in a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine. I believe in a God whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts, whose ways are higher than my ways. I believe in a God whose love I can't possibly comprehend, whose power I can't possibly control, whose mercy I can't possibly deserve. I believe in the God who exists outside of the four dimensions of space-time he created. I believe in the God who can make and break the laws of nature. His name is Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and he shall reign forever and ever. What kind of God do you believe in? What kind of God do you believe in? Just like uh, most churches, Mark Batterson names uh, the rooms in his church building. We have the Selwyn room and we have the Lady Chapel and the vestry and, and so on. But in his church building, he goes to his office and above the door of his office, it just says one word, possibility. Because he wants to know that every day when he enters his workplace, there are things which are possible in the name of God. With God, anything is possible. And with that sort of faith, what are we possible of? Uh, what can we possibly achieve? Several of us were here on Tuesday evening for the encounter evening. Uh, and thank you, Lydia, because I know you were one of the uh, four brave people that, that spoke that evening. It was led by the youth of, uh, of Wanish, and they led us in worship. Uh, and then the inevitable happened. Four people stood up and all four got out their phone. It was typical. <laughs> I was going to put this on my iPad just to prove that it's possible, but I didn't. But they got out their phone because they wanted to say something to us. Uh, and, of course, remarkably, the, the, the title of that uh, meeting is Encounter... And each of them stood up and said that they had encountered God. Very humbly, but very powerfully, they told us that God was working in their life. And that uh, two of them in particular had heard a word from God in the, uh, the previous weeks. Now, I'm not sure that God has particularly, uh, I haven't heard his voice this week but perhaps that's because I haven't been listening. Of course, in my preparation, I believe that God has been working through this and through me. But Tuesday evening was really humbling. It was very exciting. Uh, And I felt sufficiently moved to go and ask them to pray for me. This is the sort of God that we're dealing with. A God who gets involved in our lives. But so often we feel that that's just not possible. I'm not good enough for God to bother with me. I've let him down. He wouldn't want to help me. We're not worthy. He's pure and I'm a sinner. He's true and I'm so often false. He's forgiving and loving and I'm resentful and weak. Let's look at the questions again, shall we, if you've got your Bible. Let's look at verse 33. Verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who's bringing a charge against one of the people of God? And the answer is, it's not God. God is the one who died for us. And it's He that justifies us. So why is He going to set a charge against us? He's not. While we may not be good enough to save ourselves, God's saying... I'm not asking you to be good enough to save yourself. Leave the saving to me. Just believe. Give me your hand and I'll lift you up. So verse 34, Paul goes on. Who is it, says God, who's saying that you're not worthy? Who is it that is condemning you because you are not good enough? It's God who died. God who was buried, God who was raised again. It's that well-known image of the judge passing sentence and then going down and paying the fine and letting you go free. Even more than that though, the passage goes on to say that God not only is raised to life but is seated at the right hand of God the Father and is interceding on our behalf. The right hand, I don't know if you know, is the the place of honour. It was the place of power. And wherever you read the Old Old Testament, uh, and it says they went forth with their right hand. The right hand was where you held the standard. That was the flag. The right hand was where you held your sword. And when the king led forth in battle, he did so with his right hand. It was the hand of power. So when you are on the right hand of God you are in a place of ultimate power. But what the passage says is that Jesus when he is raised to life goes to heaven sits at the right hand of the Father face to face and intercedes on our behalf. So the next time you're in trouble and you say to Jesus Jesus please help me he turns to his left and has a face-to-face conversation with God his Father. Isn't that amazing? If Jesus is in that position, how is it possible for the bond of love between us to be injured or broken? How is it possible for us to be separated from the love of God? God is together. There is nothing between Christ and God the Father And his spirit who lives within us. Clearly, nothing can get in the way. But sometimes it just doesn't feel like that, does it? Sometimes we feel isolated. We're under pressure. We're singled out. Maybe we've been foolish. We just feel as though things are just going wrong. Every green light I come to turns red just as I'm approaching. The world is against us. It's an uphill struggle. Where is God at those times? How many of you know the poem Footprints? A few? Quite a few. Shall I tell you for those that don't know it? Because every part of my life, when I look back in the sand, I see two sets of footprints. One is God's and one is mine. But the really difficult parts of my life, there's only one set of footprints. And I ask God, Why is it that when it's really tough that you let me walk on my own? And his answer is, my dear child, when you look back and you say, you see only one set of footprints, just remember, it's at those times I carried you. That's the God we have. The God who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. He hears our voice and he pleads with his Father. And he says, this is a difficult time. I'll carry them. I can't speak for you, but when when I'm walking on my own or walking the dog or running or whatever, I do... Uh, I do have songs going around in my head. Uh, and very often that is a Christian song of worship. But sometimes we feel dry. Sometimes we just don't want to sing those songs. We feel that we can't. And we draw on the reserves, the well, the deep well within us. Because God is still the same. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so when we sing those songs, it's from the previous years of singing, that well of love upon which we draw. And as we sing out of that experience of yesterday, we can change our today so that tomorrow is a different place. And that's why we read Psalm 139, or at least a small section of it as well because sometimes we read that psalm and we think I can't run away from God he's everywhere he's going to find me out but actually let's just turn that upside down when we feel as though we're on our own where is God? he's right there beside us if I go up to heaven he's there if I go down to the depths he's there if I go to the east he's there the west he's there if I struggle he's still there God walks with us day by day. So, Catherine Gunn. She did that uh, partly, I suspect, because she set a ball rolling and then couldn't step back from the brink because she'd posted the email. But she was brave enough to pursue it. Uh, to its conclusion which as I say I won't tell you what the conclusion is it's a very involving film because you walk the path that she walks but as Christians and as disciples of God we walk the path with God every day that's more than involving and we have a purpose and a hope and a reason for tomorrow if we walk the path of God. So in our life, how will we face the week ahead, those difficult moments, the challenges that we face? Will we feel like giving in? I'm sure many of us will feel like giving in. But at the same time, we will be able to stand. We will be able to stand in the knowledge that God is by our side And not only by our side, he's by the side of his Father. And those same arms will hold us tight. If God is for us, who can be against us? Because there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we do thank you that you are with us at all times. And we want to praise you and thank you. We want to give you honour for all that you've done for us. And we want to also acknowledge that we are weak and frail. We are with fault. But you promise to stand with us. You promise to carry us. You promise to plead. On our behalf. And so we cannot be separated from your love. And we pray that in these days ahead. We may experience. And feel your presence with us. And enjoy. Your arms of love. Around us. Father we thank you. And honour you now. In your name. Amen.